Welcome to Make and Decorate, a podcast for makers who love to sew, quilt, and decorate. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Make and Decorate podcast. This is episode 12, and this is a special episode because it's coming out on Thanksgiving, and I have a super duper special guest on today. So if you've got any sewing plans for today or cooking or whatever it is that you're doing um, on this great holiday weekend, be sure to listen, download, tell your friends and share, rate and review, make and decorate. Um, And uh, I know you're going to enjoy this guest. So without further ado, Oh, wait, wait, there is a little bit of do. So I want to um, remind you, I think I went over this on the previous episode, but I made a special email for the podcast. So it's easy for you to get into contact with me. And that email is info at makeanddecorate.com. So much easier. I think you could remember it better than my whole Stephanie Zocha design, you know, yada, yada. So hopefully that's easier. And um, anyway, it'll be easier for me because um, it's set up specifically for uh, the podcast. Uh, So my main email is not going away. So it's still Stephanie Socha design at gmail.com. But um, I set up this new one for the podcast to make it easier for everybody to remember. And secondly, I am looking for feedback on a couple of, of future episodes. The first one I've kind of um, announced a few times, and I also did an Instagram post earlier this week on. Um, so you can go to my Instagram, and it's under the hashtag Make and Decorate Podcast. Uh, If you have any questions about your sewing machine, no matter what brand, how to take care of it, if you have issues, uh, troubleshooting, anything about maintenance and care of your machine, and you want to get an answer from an actual sewing technician, let me know. You can send an email to that email I just mentioned, info at makeanddecorate.com, or go to the hashtag makeanddecoratepodcast. So... um, that and then the second thing I want to ask for feedback on is on a future episode, I am going to be talking to an owner of a quilt shop and a sewing machine dealer. So I actually just thought of this today and was thinking that hey, maybe people have questions like about that. So, um, anything you can think of, just reach out and let me know. All right. Now on this podcast, I will tell you that I have sort of like a blooper reel at the very end. So make sure that you keep listening because um, there is a little part that I just didn't want to delete. Um, We kind of um, had to um, recall when you do remote um, interviews with people um, through Skype or from audio or whatever. I mean, there's always a chance of um, a technical difficulty, whereas one, you know, a phone line drops, the signal's not strong. So <laughs> we had a short little conversation about our names, and it's really uh, funny and cute. So I just left it in, but I put it all the way at the very end, like a little blooper reel. So be sure to check that out. And now let's get on to this 
podcast. So today I am beyond overthrilled, over the moon, excited to have Stephanie Kendron from the Modern Society podcast on my podcast. Woohoo! Oh my gosh, this is so awesome. You guys, I have been listening to her since she started her podcast four years ago, which is Remember, that's how long I told you I wanted to do my podcast. Um, So, uh, you know, over the years, I've, you know, given her feedback when she's asked for it on her podcast. And, you know, she's been so gracious. She always returns emails and um, she's very kind and um, real and, um, you know, just gives you some honest feedback. And she's been very encouraging to me. She has known that I've been wanting to start a podcast for a while. And she has offered, um, you know, any type of help and support that I needed. And um, I really did ask her um, a couple of questions here and there and really appreciate it. So I am so thrilled to have her on today. So you guys are really going to enjoy it. And, and you all know who she is because she's modern society. So, hey, here we go. Hello, Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I am so excited to be on your podcast. I have to say congratulations on really starting something that I know has been a little bit scary for you. So way to go. And I'm excited to see where this goes for you. Oh, thank you so much. I, you know, I, I did have some hesitations and just because my personality is such, I research everything to like the nth degree (laughs) and I want to be fully prepared. (laughs) And I just uh, started, you know, I was just doing that too much and thinking that I had to be perfect. So, you know, I I talk with um, several people and a couple of people who already had podcasts in our community, you, and you had been very um, supportive of me the entire time. Very nice. I'm emailed you out of nowhere. And um, I really appreciate that. Um, You just really don't realize how much your support to me emailing you does. So it really like gave me um, a boost of confidence. I really appreciate it. Well, my advice was probably like stop researching and just like go by the seat of your pants. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that was great. Because yeah, that's that's. kind of how I have done my podcast. I mean, my husband, um, I actually was talking to uh, Corey Yoder and from Coriander Quilts um, yesterday for a podcast interview. And she was, we were somehow talking about our our kids walking around with headphones. And I was like, you know, I can't get onto them because my husband does it. And she was like, oh my gosh, my husband does too. (laughs) And, and it was just so funny to think my husband is, you know, the one who suggested that I start the podcast. And usually I'm very, I don't know, like doubt myself, like doubt if I can do it or if anybody will listen to it. And the podcast has been the one thing that I did not second guess at all. Like I said, I want to do it. I remember sitting in church and the name came to me. I immediately got out of church and was like Googling to see if the name was already taken and it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it, it, I didn't hesitate. And I think it's the Southern girl in me just likes a good conversation. I think that that is the way I connect to people. I am the person who will talk to anyone. Not kidding. I was in TJ Maxx and in the shoe lane, you know, in the shoe aisle. 
and trying on shoes and this lady beside me picked up this pair of shoes with Dr. Schultz. I'm just going to give them a shout out. I love their shoes. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was like, Oh, you should totally get those. And she was like, well, I have a conference and I really need some comfortable shoes that are cute. And I'm like, those girl, get those. And she looked at me and I was like, yeah, we don't know each other, but I'm totally telling you something. (laughs) (laughs) But I I, I just, I, I love a good conversation. And I think that, um, it's just a nap for me with this podcast. It It is. You're very natural at it and very down to earth. And I think that's why your podcast has become so popular in our community. Um, You really are very warm and um, just um, down to earth. Like, you know, you say you have dirty dishes in the sink. And I'm like, yes, I do too. And I love it. I just, there's so many things that um, it's like, I'm sure everybody does this too. You're just yelling at your speaker. Yes, me too. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it, it has been, um, it's been a fun ride in this year. I'm mixing it up. I I kind of um, am going back to the basics and really just having guests on that. I feel like I want to talk to not necessarily for any reason other than I love their work. And I mean, if they have something to promote, that's always great too. But some of them don't. And they're like, I'm not sure I have anything to talk about. I'm like, don't worry about it, girl. I'll have, I, I got you covered. I will ask all the questions. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think I'm curious about other makers and how they get inspired. Yeah, that's me too. And I knew coming into doing my podcast that, you know, I would have to build up a listenership and that, you know, I I would need to, it took up the pressure off too of not having to like, you know, talk to, um, you know, the big wigs in the industry that really need they, they their time is limited and they've got to go where they're going to get you know the return on their investment so um yeah I'm doing the same thing just because I am starting out and I love it and I as same as you I think I can there's so many podcasts too I listen to a ton of them and um I gravitate towards the podcasts that have stories and that really like gives you a glimpse of other people's lives that are kindred spirits to you and I think you yeah. do the same thing yeah. And I will say, you know, don't be scared of those big people with big names and big numbers <laughs> on their social media because I am. so many <laughs> of those people are incredibly, incredibly kind. And um, and some people are really business oriented and, and it is, you know, like a business transaction. And that's OK, too. But you will be really surprised that at some of those names that you are intimidated by how incredible they are at just getting to the story level of it. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, like taking the, you know, I, I'm a big name in this industry and just really, I think they really like the makers. So I'm going to encourage you to not be intimidated by them, but. Okay. You know, you will. Okay. Got it. All right. I'll keep That's emailing awesome. you about that. Okay. No. All right. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. So your podcast, um, you started, okay, like I said, four four years ago. And uh I so you started, I think you first published it like maybe in a November, and then I yeah. didn't f- uh discover you until the the January. So you'd been on for a couple months only, but still. Um and then um since then I've just been listening ever since like completely loyal and yeah and I have really enjoyed watching you evolve your podcast and incorporating 
you know, the changes that you did. You even would try stuff and, you know, say, well, you know what? I'm trying it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And then I also love that you get you ask for the input of your listeners, um, which I try to do, too, because getting the feedback, I think, is hugely important. Um, but talk a little bit about that. Talk about how you've really defined the structure of your podcast and how it's evolved and, you know, what your, you know, plans are going forward. You know, I think that I love change and I am the kind of person that changes up my house and, you know, why everybody's at work in school and they come home and I'm like, surprise, um, <laughs> you know, your bedroom's totally in another room. Um, and, and I think that I thrive on change and that has worked into my podcast for sure. I, I do try things out. Some things I really enjoy and some things I don't, and I will stop doing them. I do ask for input and sometimes I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, that, that's what you think. And uh-huh. it's hard sometimes to, to take that input and not take it personally, but I'm just, I feel like the podcast, um, is almost my reflection of my love for change and I'm not scared to do it on the podcast. And one podcast that I feel like really helped me go, this is okay to do that is the art of simple, which she's changed her name. Now it's Tish Oxenrider's um, podcast. So Mm -hmm. she just kept changing her podcast. And then she was like, I'm totally changing. It's going to be something different. And Jess Lively did the same thing, totally changed the structure of her podcast to fit the season of her life. And those ladies, taught me like, it's okay. This is your podcast and this is who you are. And this is your reflection and make it what you want it to be. And so I kind of have fearlessly done that, you know, um, and some things really work and some things really don't work and that's okay. And sometimes I put out a lot of episodes and then sometimes I take breaks. And while it's always on my brain that I feel guilty, i still know that it's okay to do that. And I think in this environment of the everything, do everything, say everything, be everything society that we're in, I try really hard not to fall in that trap with the podcast. I do take time off when I need to. Yeah, and I love that. And um, I don't know, for me as a listener, um, I've, I've come to just accept and embrace that. Like, I know you're going to be back because you're always yeah. come back. <laughs> And when you take your breaks, it's usually during like summertime and, you know, like people are all traveling and busy and everything anyway. So, I mean, it's kind of fun. You know, I usually know that when fall comes around, you you know, I'll be hearing from Stephanie Kendron and my podcast feed. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I love that. And, you know, I think sponsorship has kind of changed that a little bit for me because it's hard to take off the summer when you have sponsors. And then this past summer, I I really just I didn't realize I didn't feel good. But my husband was like, hey, girl, you're not normal. We need to go to the doctor and talk about this. And I'm glad that he did. I didn't notice this funk that I was in and totally feel better now. But I think the sponsorship aspect of it is a little bit hard to take time off. And that's something that I'm having to adjust and say, I'm sorry. I've learned a lot this year to say, you know what, I'm sorry, but this is going on. And, you know, if you don't want to work with me anymore, that's okay. But 
you know, I, I just can't be everything all the time and I have to apologize and, mm-hmm. and take some time. So but, I don't know. It's a give and take. That's true. But I have noticed in other podcasts that I do listen to that um, there seems to be a trend of doing seasons versus yeah. continuous all year round. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, do sponsors respond like, you know, I mean, they seem to have their sponsors and they're only on for maybe like, you know, they'll have 12 episodes for their season. Yeah, I know. I say I just started back recording this month, which is a crazy month. Like I have recordings pretty much three times a day, almost like every Monday through Thursday of this month. And I record up, which I have learned works really well for me because the season of the holidays is about to be here and craziness is going to hit. So Yes. And I say that, it, you know, this new season and I, I, I kind of try and put myself into that box, but then I totally work myself right out of that box and, and record <laughs> all the time, you know, so it's and I'm OK with that. Like, I'm OK with saying that this is mm-hmm. a season and then it never ending and then like taking a break and being like, OK, I'm back. Um, <laughs> and I think that I'm just having to give myself grace for that. I'm having to just say, you know what? It's okay. That's who you are. And hopefully, you know, like you said, as a listener, that's okay for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So um, I guess now I wanted to, you, you, you have a variety on your podcast, which I love and, and I try to do that as well with mine. Um, and you do a lot of different types of sewing. So you do sew clothing um, and you also quilt is one of your main things that you love to do, right? Right. I do sew clothing. Sometimes I cheat sewing clothing. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Like I don't follow all the rules. <laughs> but that's okay because, I mean, you're wearing it or your kids are wearing it and you post the photos and they, they look beautiful. Yeah. No, I, I do enjoy quilting is definitely the one thing that I I get I I like the math of it I don't really like math but I do enjoy quilt math um clothing is totally different when it comes to the math aspect of it but yeah I enjoy sewing just pretty much anything I mean I it doesn't matter I will I'll make a bag I will do all of those fun things Mm-hmm. And then you had said um, that you really started seriously sewing back in 2007. What, um, how, how has that evolved and, and what have you kind of grown um, into with your sewing and learning, you know, what you, I don't know, it's, it's an investment. So you, you can't do it all. You want to do it all. But what, what have you found that you just really are grav- you gravitate towards and that you love it so much? Oh, I try and do it all. I mean, I'm not even, even going to kid. Like, I try and do it all. Um, I, I love it. And it's funny. Like, I talk to people on my podcast, and they, like, do one specific thing. And I'm like, oh, I wish I could do that. Like, I wish I was laser focused like that. I'm not. I totally have ADD when it comes to sewing. I know. Me too. Uh, Like I, it's crazy. And how has it evolved? Well, I mean, one thing that's evolved is 2007 is when I had a baby, my first child and, um, got a sewing machine and my, my mom and my grandma have always been creative and sewed and 
my mom used to make these dresses for me, which she did not keep. And I have daughters, which really just wish she still had. But I mean, she was crazy good at making garments and she made quilts as well. And so did my grandma. And um, so I just tried everything in 2007. That's when blogs were kind of taking off. So I would want to make something, you know, like I want to make a pillowcase dress for my daughter. And I would you know, Google it and find it and try it. And sometimes those things worked. And I feel like those years, you know, the early years of me sewing was a lot of not working, but it also taught me, um, like, you know, quarter inch seam and on garments, you have a a half an inch seam, which I don't always do that. Um, you know, it just taught me the little quirks of the different kinds of projects, you know, like a bag for me, I'm a really big, um, especially with bags, I have to make one time and mess up a million times during that one time I make it. And then I'm like, oh, okay, now my brain understands how to construct something like that and make it work. And then I can make them really easy after that. But I think that, I think I've just evolved that I don't have to really reference anything anymore. I can pretty much figure anything out sewing. Whereas back in 2007, when I started, I had to reference everything. I had to go online. I had to find a book. I had to find the information out because I didn't know how to do it. Whereas now I feel like I can, I can pretty much figure stuff out when I want to make it. Yeah, I, I that's that's a good point. And um, I've been seriously sewing almost just about as long as you. I, I started more in 2008 towards the end of that year. I had sewed on and off before that, but not really like, you know, on a daily basis until then. And and that is so true because now um, there's always a way to fix something. And back then, I would be afraid to cut into specific fabrics because I didn't want to mess it up. Now I I cut into everything. I I'm, I want to use my fabrics and I don't, you know, keep them so precious anymore. How how are you with your fabrics? Oh, I want to be that way. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I am. It's really funny. Sometimes I am super fearless and I just go for it. And sometimes I'm not, which is kind of, it, it depends. I think I have, you know what? I think it's really hard for me to make something and give it away with my precious fabric. <laughs> I kind of want that fabric to be what I keep. And right. then I'm like, but do I really need, you know, one more quilt in my life? But <laughs> I mean, I have two daughters and I just can't wait till they go off to college. I'm going to be like, and here's a quilt for your couch. And here's a quilt for your bed. And another quilt for your bed. And here's your quilt rack that's going to go on the, <laughs> the wall. <laughs> so um, I think I try to be fearless, but I of having a podcast is I do get a lot of material from, you know, fabric manufacturers and companies now that I don't have to buy a lot, but mm-hmm. it's still precious. I mean, it's still, and you know, a lot of these designers have, I, I've become very close with, um, not all of them. I mean, I'm not like buddy, buddy and we text every time, but I mean, I, I feel invested in their stories a little bit more because I've had them on the podcast or I've met them in person and, you know, like I, I just feel a connection to them that is different than I did before. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um, and really with the fabrics, too, this is one thing going back to your podcast that I really love because you are always on top of the new fabric line releases that are coming out. And I when I started sewing um, in 2008, I didn't really know one line from the other. And now I know 
you know, a ton of them and, you know, you, you kind of, yeah, you know what fabric lines you like and you're looking forward to them coming out. And I learned from you, your podcast really teaches, you know, the, the different fabric companies and all the different fabric lines and what's going to be released and what's coming out soon. Um, I, I think that has totally changed though. I mean, in all honesty, it's so saturated and I think it's going to continue to be an industry that's going to have to evolve because I mean, there is so much that comes out every spring and fall. I mean, so many different lines and while I love them all, I I really love all the makers. I think that with social media and the, the age of the internet, which, you know, wasn't always a thing, right? You mm-hmm. didn't always, I talked to someone yesterday who uh, has a product called Chenille and she was talking about like back in the day when she went to market, you know, there was no internet, there was no social media. So it was, that was your only way to connect, right? If mm-hmm. you had a product and you wanted somebody out there to have it in their magazine, you went to market and that was your only way to figure out that connection. It's not like that anymore. And I think that our market and our industry is changing Mm -hmm. and it's really, I don't know, it's going to be interesting to see where that goes, but I do really, you know, there are a lot of fabric collections out and I do like having those designers that have collections coming out to come on the podcast and talk about it because I think then you connect with that fabric line in a different way, right? It's not just that you see um, stripes and florals and polka dots in a line, you go, oh, that was by, you know, inspired by her grandmother and her grandmother's love for those things when she was little. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as an example, um, and I, you connect in a different way. And that's why I really like having those chats on the podcast, because I don't know, it, it's different when you buy a fabric line that you know the story behind it a little bit more. Yeah, it's it's that connection and, and just brings a little bit more of a special um, I don't know, specialness to the the fabric line versus we're cranking this out because you're right. I I actually even get like very fatigued with, you know, the multiple introductions. And um, I did just listen to your episode with Andover um, with a um, Daryl and Giuseppe. Daryl and Giuseppe. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of liked that it was released now, even though you were talking to them around spring market time, because yeah. <laughs> now, now is when that fabric is being released. And I'm like, yeah. this is great. I love this so much more than talking about this four months prior. And, and it's, you know, you're, you're, you're painting this gorgeous picture and excitement for something that's not even going to be available for another four months. So yeah, yeah, I love that because everything they were talking about, and I had just gotten my Missouri star email and I knew exactly what the Adita sitar collection they were talking about because that's on their (laughs) daily deal today. So it was awesome. I really liked that. Um, Yeah. And it's Mm -hmm. so, and you know, like talking about that, like we've known about Giuseppe's line for a really long time, but it doesn't come out until November. So, I mean, my plan was to not have it out this late after we talked, but I mean, I like that it's serendipitous that it, it's happening as the fabric is about to come out. And then, you know, because I feel like when you do hear about these things four months in advance, then when it does come out, you've been so inundated by everything else that you, it's easy to forget or it's easy to get bogged down or like Mm -hmm. me, when you get like that, you just avoid. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you just don't look. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So, um, yeah, that was cool. I really enjoyed that. Um, and then, yeah, and then now we're going to be into another fall, like a fall market. So, you know, it just that that just never ends. But I've just learned to just really like I hone in on uh, like Allison Glass. I love her fabrics. I love her collections. And I want I'm on her newsletters, her email list, and I love getting updates from her. So I kind of just, you know, instead of inundating myself with everything that's out there, I've kind of picked and, and have chosen the ones that I really absolutely love to follow all the time and want to see their their new releases. Yeah, and I, you know, it's funny talking to people on the podcast. One of my lightning round questions is solids or prints and you know, it's always funny. I like solids and I like prints. I think I'm probably lean towards more prints, but everybody in this industry has what they like and what they gravitate towards. And that is different for everyone. So, you know, I think of it as a super saturated market, but there are all these different makers using it in very different ways. So it's fun. It's fun to see it and to have your and to kind of follow along with them and, and see their collections come out. And so I like when a designer has collections one after the other that can meld together. So you could use, um, right, like Allison, you mm-hmm. can use pretty much of all of Allison's collections together in one big quilt and it would work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, so and then... Um, this past summer, you um, had a series of cricket um, podcasts, and you actually uh, w- you taught a class, right? I did. Oh my gosh! Talk I'm about that. I'm really excited <laughs> to hear that. Now, first of all, though, I um, I am a silhouette user, but it's a very similar. I mean, the machines kind of do the same thing, but um, but you actually like taught the cricket. So go ahead and talk about that. Well, but the. Does the silhouette cut fabric? Yes. Oh, okay. But um, here's one thing, though, I learned from your podcast. The, there's a Cricut machine that will cut fabric where you don't have to put the heat and bond on there in order for it to cut it without, like, you know, wrinkling it and fold. You know what I mean? Like, it's you have right. to stabilize but, it first. A silhouette, you do have to put some sort of a stiffener or stabilizer, something, something like that, in order for it to cut it. Right. So the Cricut Maker is the new machine. And what's cool about the Cricut Maker is it does not have a blade like permanently in it. You, It's an innovative um, tool system that they have. So you can get a knife blade to cut like chipboard and stuff like that. You can get a rotary blade to do fabric, which you don't have to put anything on it. You can literally put your fat quarter down on the mat and cut it. And they have a bigger mat now, which is 12 by 24. And they still have a 12 by 12 mat. Um, So a quarter yard, right, fits really good on that 12 by 24. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they have just the regular blade, which I don't remember what that's called, that you can do like cardstock and vinyl, all that fun jazz. And I did go and teach. So I am one of their influencers. And they sent something out that said, um, we're going to have the Mountain Makeathon put in your proposal. Well, 
I was like, okay, what does that mean? What do they do? Like, my husband's not going to be like, yes, let's pay for you to go teach a class. Like, do they pay you to do that and all of that? So I sent an email to Shelly from Coral & Co. and said, hey, Shelly, do you think I should do this? And she's like, without a doubt, put your proposal in. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. And she's like, no, do it. Try it. If you get picked, you're going to have the best time. And so I nonchalantly and I don't know, 30 minutes made this proposal about teaching podcasts because I really feel like that is one thing that you do for your business to connect with your customers in a different way. Um, and so I really wanted cricket. There isn't a cricket podcast, right? There isn't a podcast out there that just talks about the cricket machine. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it was a great market for me to go into these. And a lot of those people didn't really know who I am because cricket hasn't cut fabric before like this. So this new machine just came out last year, I think. And I felt like they were going to have this audience that they could be introduced to in the sewing world. So I went and taught a design space class, which teaches you like design spaces, their interface that you do your projects on before you send it to the machine, which is Bluetooth. It's so stinking Ooh, awesome. Yeah. It is so easy. So I can do it on my desktop and Bluetooth it to the machine and, and like not, it's just so easy. So anyways, I taught that class and then I taught a podcast class trying to talk the cricket you know, influencers into starting podcasts because mm -hmm. I love podcasts. Um, it was great. It was the most fun. It was amazing. It was in Salt Lake City at the Little America Hotel. And the one thing that I liked about it, the story lover and me loved so much that the company started with the opening ceremony and went all the way to the closing ceremony, telling their story as a company in new ways, mm. right? So they had the CEO came up there and told a story. They had, you know, really big name influencers say how they grew their um, brands and used the cricket. Then they have, now listen to this listeners, they have four professional crafters that all they do is use the maker in different ways and post for cricket. Wow. Yeah. Like they go to cricket every day and their job <laughs> is to figure that. I was like, shut the front door. Like my, and it was so, so they had these four scenes set up and these four young ladies from all different backgrounds. Like they aren't, they all had, you know, one had a fashion background, one had a graphic arts or whatever. And they told their stories and then they told how they came up with these different scenes and how they use the maker to do the different projects. It was, it was just amazing. And it made you really understand that this one machine can really do a lot of stuff. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see how I'm going to transform my sewing process with this machine, because I do think it can do some really cool stuff. Right. I mean, that's amazing. I was even just amazed um, with the silhouette and I got that last year and I was able to design a multi-layer um, large peacock applique, applique on um, a double wedding ring quilt that I was um, commissioned to make for someone. And um, but the one that was the only one drawback. And now this cricket maker has that where you can just toss your fabric in there. And it's got a rotary blade. That's yeah. revolutionary. That is really going to change, I think, the scope of um, even like the die cutting part, because I also oh, yeah. yeah, I also have I have the little ones I've got the little um, what do you call it? Um, 
AccuQuilt. Yeah. Baby Go. And then I've also got the little, um, the other one, the, ugh, why can't I think of the name of it? <laughs> but uh, the Sizzix Sizzix, yeah. Yeah. But those dyes are so expensive. And, and have to keep them somewhere. Right, right. And yeah. with with the Cricut and the Silhouette Machine, you just have to have digital SVG files and you can do anything. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. I'm I'm going to check this out because when I was looking for that, I didn't I don't I don't know if I've even noticed that they had that available. Well, and I think that the cool thing about this particular machine is that there aren't, I don't think they're going to phase it out. I think they're just going to keep making different blades for it, right? They're Mm going to keep figuring out different things that they can use this machine for, not necessarily getting a new machine, but maybe just buying a blade, which I think is so much better for the consumer because you you hate to buy this expensive machine and then the next year they come out with something different, which has always probably been what has happened in the past, right? They had, I don't know, like a cricket phase one and then phase two and three, but this particular machine, I don't think that they will change it much because it is really just the interface of changing out those blades that is so easy for them as a company to do. Um, and so much better cost wise for, you know, a consumer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's really great. And I, I mean, I talk about that with sewing machines, even where it's always the next model and what was wrong with the machine I just got like two years right. ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. And especially yeah. the machines that have software and then they stop yeah. supporting them. I mean, it's just heartbreaking. So and the, and, and software and technology is expensive. So people invest a lot of money in that. And I don't know, I just like find it a little sad that, you know, they, they these machines have such short lifespans. Um, yeah. Whereas, you know, People now are still collecting the cast iron machine singer machines from like the 30s and 40s, and they're they they work beautifully today because they're mechanical. Yeah, yeah. Now I have um, a Janome 1600P, which is all mechanical, and let me tell you, I mean, don't get me wrong, it only has straight stitch, so you're limited to what you can do. But if you only make quilts in piece, it is an amazing machine because there is nothing really to go wrong other than you have to get it serviced. But, you know, I mean, you do need another machine if you want zigzag and all that other jazz. But, um, yeah, mechanical machines are awesome. I, I, I love mechanical machines. I have the Juki 2010Q, which is similar, similar to your Janome model. It does yeah. the straight stitch. It's very easy to maintain. And you don't have to take it to be serviced as often as you would a computerized machine because you're yeah. maintaining it. Every time you sew on it, you're oiling it and, you know, keeping the lint out. And I mean, there's there's nothing really because it's mechanical. So there's no computer yeah. <laughs> to break on I you. Probably, <laughs> I probably need to oil mine more than I do. <laughs> but it starts making that little noise and then, you know, oh, I think uh, I think it needs a little oil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's me. Um, it does make weird machine, uh, weird sounds sometimes. But, you know, I mean, I think that that was smart of Cricket to do. And it, I, I hope that I get to go back and do the next Make-A-Thon because it was just so much fun. That is so cool. I, I it was it's really interesting. I was I was um, it was refreshing to get the series that you did that four episode series with these Cricket um, makers. And I ended up following the one Laura Nunez. Is that her name? Uh, she has a YouTube channel. Yes. Yep. 
Yeah. And she does a lot of sewing projects too, which is, um, you know, it's fun. She does smaller things. And I, I met her at the Makeathon, and she was amazing. I really, really loved her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I went and watched one of her videos, and she had she made this. Um, um, it was a little um, like a little sewing bag for your threads to go. You know, your oh yeah, yeah, like a thread catcher, thread catcher with a little pin cushion. Yeah, it was really cute. And and her YouTube, she gave instructions even if you didn't have a cricket, which I thought was interesting. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those were really interesting episodes. And um, I definitely want to check out that machine because that's um, half the battle with the silhouette is making sure that the, the fabric will not get all like mangled with the blade when you're cutting it. Yeah, no, it works really good. And then they just have where you can just get the replacement rotary blade. But I don't know. I'm really excited to see how I can work that into even my patterns, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. you can make a pattern for a quilt. But then if you have those files for, I mean, there's a whole huge community out there that, that, you know, is just tapping into this whole sewing world because of that machine, which Mm -hmm. is amazing. Yeah, that's so cool. Well, good. I um I look forward to hearing more about that because you said you're a Cricut influencer. I am. Yep. Oh, that's good. All right. Well, you should, you should give us some more stuff on that. <laughs> I know. I, I do, well, I do do posts for them. Um, I actually have some coming up. Um, but I don't even know how they got in contact with me. I'm glad that they did. I yeah. love that company. I, I really loved everybody that that work there. And I guess one of my biggest takeaways from that experience was put yourself out there. I mean, you know, I could have gotten a no very well, could not have been accepted, but I, I put myself out there. I sent it in, I got accepted and I now have a really strong relationship with this company and they've introduced me to other companies who hopefully will, you know, I will start working with and have a relationship with. So it was a really important thing for me and I'm very appreciative to all of them and I love the the employees that are there, but you know, put yourself out there. Yeah, you're right. That is so cool. You never know what will happen and what's, what's, the worst thing that could happen you know you're just you're in the same nothing bad I mean no one's gonna die right <laughs> you gotta yeah. just put yourself yeah. out there <laughs> I just don't tell people when I do things like that so if mm-hmm. it is a no then nobody knows but me <laughs> yeah that's probably a good thing <laughs> I mean my own little secret <laughs> I love it cool so um let's talk about sewing machines because everyone is very interested in what machines people sew with and use and I think it's really good to find out from people who um, are actually using that machine because you know all the ins and outs and and how your machine works and um, I know you sew with Janomis, right I do um <laughs> I just got a Janome Skyline S9, which is, has an embroidery component to it that I have been too scared to try. I actually have a friend who knows how to do embroidery coming Mm -hmm. over this week to kind of help me jump into it. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing that because of Sulky, one of my sponsors, um, Sulky Threads, Kelly that works for them also got, she got a different Janome embroidery machine and, um, 
we are going to try and do some things together with the machines and and to help promote Sulky Threads. But um, I really love the machine. It's super easy to use, and it it's just they have the the walking foot that is it just makes things really easy, like binding so much easier. Going over thick layers makes it so much easier um, mm-hmm. because it you know top and bottom get pulled through. Um, so that one's kind of new to me. I haven't had that one very long, but it is an awesome machine. And I really, really can't wait to kind of dive into that one a little bit more. Then on my long arm frame, which is just a Gracie frame, I think it's called Gracie frame. Mm-hmm. Um, just a simple frame, not a big long arm frame, just a, a simple one. Um, I have the 1600 P, which is just a straight stitch machine and it works. Um, it moves, you know, on the long arm frame, really easy to, to set up. It's a cost effective. If you don't have like thousands and thousands of dollars to put into a long arm, it's a good setup mm-hmm. and it's not as expensive as, you know, like the $20,000 crazy ones, but, um, which I mean, I would totally get if I could, but <laughs> Um, but I've sold on everything. I mean, I have the first one in 2007, I got on Amazon was a singer. Um, gosh, I don't remember exactly the name, but it was a step up. It wasn't like a, a cheapo singer. It was, you know, probably the $400 model and I loved it. Actually, my girls still sew on that same machine and it still works like charm. Oh, nice. That's good. Yeah. What about surging? Do you, do you do any oh. surging? I do have a serger. Funny story with my serger is um, <laughs> back, I guess, years ago when I, yeah, I, I didn't have the podcast then, but, um, or any connections and, or a sponsorship with Janome, I guess I should say. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I, on Craigslist, I really wanted a serger and I went on Craigslist like, hours from here in a town that I knew my friend lived and why did I search there I have no idea and I saw that there was one and I said hey would you hold this for me and she was like no you just have to be the first one here so I my friend from high school we were really good friends but I mean we didn't talk a lot right and she probably thought I was crazy because I was (laughs) sewing I was like, hey, so there's this Bernina serger. And she's like, what is a serger? I'm like, don't worry about it. It's a sewing machine, but it's $100. Would you go pick it up? Like, that's <gasps> a really good price. And she was like, yeah, I will. It took off work for me. Wow. <laughs> Went and got this serger for me. The lady held it. And she had three or four people like, try and pay her triple the amount of money for it that she had just paid. And she was like, listen, I don't even know what this thing is. I'm buying it for a friend and I know I'm not going to sell it to you, but, um, please stop. I mean, like she said, people were really mad that she wouldn't sell it to them for more money. And so I still have that surgery actually a part on it just broke and I had to get it serviced and it's still going strong. Oh, that's, that's such a great story. I love it. Yeah, I can't so believe she, you got a Bernina serger for a hundred dollars. It, it was so <laughs> funny too because she was actually coming to see like her dad, so she brought it to me, oh. and I'm, uh, yeah, totally awesome friend. I should, I should send her a quilt. Like I, I I, call, now that I'm thinking about that, <laughs> <laughs> but I call those moments kismet. It's just it was meant to be. Just every oh, yeah. how everything just falls into place. 
Oh, that's great. And you're still using it today. That's awesome. See, that's a great thing about surgers, too, because they're mechanical. So they can last forever, too, which I love. And I think a lot of people think of surgers as, you know, I just use them on clothing. Not the case for me. I square up my quilts with my serger. So I will quilt them and then I will serge around the edges before I put binding on. And it, I love it because it makes that bulk of where you put the binding on so much less Mm -hmm. with the serger and it makes such a good strong outside to your quilt right so you put that binding on if the binding ever wears out which it will if you wash it enough um you're still going to have that serge edge that will really keep it strong yeah I agree I think that's a great technique and I've started doing that in uh, recent years I probably heard about it on your show um because I think Krista does that too with Krista quilts. Yeah. Um, but I love it. Yeah, I use it for that. And you're right. I I mean, I use my serger for a ton of stuff that's not clothing related. Um, I mean, I use a th- the three thread stitch to do like a satin stitch on, on tablecloths and napkins and t- everything. Tons of stuff. Oh, so. I've not figured out any of the stitches. I just... <laughs> just do the one. Like you I haven't figured one. out any of the tricks. It's just the normal serger. <laughs> but at least you're using it for for the quilt, the to square them up. And I mean, that's a huge use for a serger. But there I, is, I people are afraid to learn the stitches and and the different threading and stuff. So I'm trying to like encourage people to you know get to know their sergers better. Oh, I probably should. I mean, I. I definitely without a doubt should I think I'm just lazy but um I have mine and if you go on my Instagram which is modern society um I have some posts in my stories that you know are saved on my profile about surging your quilts Mm. but um I also have my serger on a I don't know what the name of the cart is that you can get the rag card or something. Anyways, the cart that you can get on wheels from Ikea and now they have them everywhere. You can get them anywhere. Um, oh and yeah. I, just, I, I know what you're talking about. It. Yep. That's that, that, that um, teal one or the aqua. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I just have it on the top of the cart and it makes it so easy because it's not the machine that I use every single day. So I can push it back and then pull it out when I need to do something. It makes it super portable. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's the other thing I think that um, is is part of an issue because w- if it's not out where you can see it, then no one really feels like lugging out a machine to set it up and take the time. So then they'd rather just nah, forget it. I'm not going to do it. Yep. So yep. I, I know I try to keep my main machines out. And it, like you said, even if it's on a cart, it's so easy to pull out that. Yeah, that makes it that much easier. Cool. Yeah. So I've got I've written down a lot of stuff you've talked about. So I'll put links in the show notes um, to everything. And if there's anything else you want me to put a link to, just let me know. All right. Well, um, I I love this. And seriously, keep it up, Stephanie. I, I know that our community needs more of these conversations. And it's so important to connect on such a personal level with other people. So keep it up and awesome job. Yay for you. Oh, thank you so much, Stephanie. And and I just, um, again, I thank you so much for coming on and talking with me. And um, I just... I just want to give you kudos because you are well loved by everyone in our community and industry. And um, I just uh, really appreciate that. And I appreciate the contribution that you make. And I want to do the same thing. So I mean, I want you to too. (laughs) 
<laughs> so that's great. Well, um, I guess, I don't know. I see this is, this is the thing I have to learn is like how to end smoother <laughs> of the podcast. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> and, and I think that that is, to me, that is the fun part about podcasts is that it is the realness of that, you know, it's like mm-hmm. if we met in a quilt store, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we had this chat and then it, it, you just kind of learn all of those things. The all, all of this did not come, you know, super fast to me. It's just the more you do it, the more you learn and, you know, you'll figure it out. And I think that people connect with you when you're being real. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is part of it. You know, how do you say goodbye when you want to keep talking? Trust I me. Know. <laughs> it's There are many times that I'm like, no, 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 I don't want this to end. But then mm-hmm. I get emails. It's like, well, your podcast download is so big. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm really sorry. <laughs> you never hear that from me. I, I love long podcasters. There's, there's someone that podcasts and she only does 20 minutes. Oh, um, those are hard. Yeah. And, uh, and she's like, I hate the law, you know, it's my commute's only 20 minutes. And I'm like, 20 minute podcast. No, I look, I, I love the 45 minutes to an hour podcast, because I'm usually doing something that takes that long or in the sewing room or whatever. I just, I don't know. It's each to each their own, right? (laughs) I totally agree. Oh, I have a new podcast that I will totally give a shout out. Um, And it's not anything to do with sewing, but I'm so enjoying it is Ross Matthews is a comedian and he has, and Trish Sir is one of his friends and she's super Southern, which I relate to pretty (laughs) much everything she says. And they have one, it's called Pop Talk and they talk about all the pop news stories Mm. like P.O.P. And it's so much fun. They do the top 10 of like the week and they do the, five through 10 really fast. And then the top five, they kind of take their time with, and it is so funny and it kind of gets me, you know, in touch with what's going on in like the pop culture world, which I don't keep up with. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's a really fun one. And it comes out, I think on Fridays. Cool. Um, I wrote yeah, that down. I really like that one. I love podcasts. I listen to all different kinds. Me too. Um, there's this food one that I've been listening to all year. It's called eat this, not that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a short, short, you know, version podcast. So I kind of save up a few and then I have like a whole like, you know, 40, 80 minutes of, of listen time with them. But that's, a, that's a good uh, food podcast. I love food podcasts. I listen mm-hmm. to Bon Appetit. I listen to Eat or Upsell. I listen to Gravy, which is by the Southern Food Alliance. Mm. Um, I am a huge foodie podcast person. Mm-hmm. I wrote down gravy. That sounds interesting. I like the name. <laughs> it, it is very much a storytelling podcast. Oh, it's cool. really good. Yeah. All right. I'll put that in as well. All right. Well, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so, so much. I've enjoyed talking with you. And like you said, I could just keep talking all day. But <laughs> no. you're a yeah. busy working mama and you've got things to do. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity, Stephanie. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Yay! Wasn't that so great? Oh my gosh, I just I had the best time talking with Stephanie. And uh, there were, you know, a few spots where the signal kind of got a little weak, and there were little blips. But overall, um, when I edited it, I I just left everything, everything in. And, um, you know, the, the little glitches were not too bad, because you could still kind of get the gist of what we were talking about. So anyway, um, wasn't that fascinating about the cricket maker? Oh my gosh. 
so amazing to be able to cut your um, fabrics without having to stabilize it. I still love my silhouette though, and um, the silhouette is still a great machine, uh, but oh my gosh. Thanks for listening to the Make and Decorate podcast with Stephanie Socha Design. Come find me on my website at stephaniesochadesign.com and check out the show notes page, post your comments, send me an email, let me know what you're up to and what questions you might have. I'd really love to hear from you. Toodles. Until next time. Bye. Thanks for sticking around all the way to the end. So I have the little blooper sort of, it's not really a blooper. It's just our little conversation um, that we had um, before our call got disconnected. So here's your little bonus. Hi, Stephanie. Hey, how are you, Stephanie? <laughs> I know, we're Stephanie's. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Steph- you're Stephanie with Modern Society Podcast. And, um, you know, just a real quick thing about our names. I grew up never knowing one other Stephanie at all until I was a full grown adult in the sewing craft, like, you know, community. And now there's so many Stephanie's. <laughs> it is so funny how many Stephanie's are in my life now. I mean, seriously, mm-hmm. there's Stephanie from Hobbs Batting. Mm-hmm. There's you. Um, gosh, there is another Stephanie that came up in an email that I had to do the other day. And like, there are all mm-hmm. of these and I love it. And, mm-hmm. and today I'm actually, or, or this week, um, Actually, today it was supposed to be two Stephanies and one re, uh, had to um, reschedule. And mm-hmm. it's just like so funny that, you know, that that happens. And I did not like to be called Steph unless we were like super good friends. Mm-hmm. And so when people call me Steph today, I'm like, mm, no, my name's Stephanie for you. Like you're not. No, that's that. No, you're not allowed to call me that. Are you like that with your name? I do the same thing. And it's weird because. Um, if I'm in like someone I don't know, but let's say like you're, I don't know, like doing a car, buying a car yeah. or something, and then yeah. they're all they're trying to be all cool with you, and like, hey, Steph, and I'm like, no, you don't know me that well. You cannot call yeah. me that, <laughs> yeah. Stephanie. Yes, yes. <laughs> and my do. family calls me Steffi, so that's even more of a you know. But no one. Oh yeah, like. You are not allowed to call me Steffi unless we are like yeah. super <laughs> close. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I get you on that for sure. All right. So this really is the end of the show. I really hope you enjoyed it. And I wish everyone a happy and blessed Thanksgiving weekend. And um, just uh, enjoy the ones around you, your loved ones, your friends. And um, just take everything in and and enjoy your weekend. I will talk to you next time. Bye.